Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What does it take to graduate from high school? There are a lot of factors that go into helping a student do that, and many of those factors are sometimes beyond a teenager's control at that point in their life. So for many, that seemingly simple act of you know getting up and going to school has so many challenges built into it. And if they can't make it across the finish line to get that diploma, chances of experiencing issues such as poverty, crime, homelessness, drug and alcohol abuse all increase. So the benefit for kids to graduate then is for all of society but is society doing enough to help those kids? Well, joining us now is Dr. Arthur Sweetman, a professor of economics at McMaster University and Ontario Research Chair in Health Human Resources. Thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, Simi. Happy to talk. Is it possible, Dr. Sweetman, to predict which students are more susceptible to dropping out of high school? So we looked at that as part of BC's basic income panel which you may remember a couple of years ago was interested Mm -hmm. in trying to reduce poverty and deal with poverty issues in British Columbia. And we discovered using simple administrative data that it was quite straightforward to predict as young as age as as, sorry, grade four or so, which students were least likely to graduate from high school. So that gives us lots of lead time because we can, we are pretty good at predicting who's going to have problems later in life and later in school. So what were some of those factors that went into that? Well, partly you can just use the the old foundational skills assessment tests and teachers' evaluations. We only used information uh, that that the governments already collect as part of the education program, or maybe I should say the schools already collect. We wanted to see, given what we have already, could we predict who was going to be at, at risk of not completing high school and by virtue of not completing high school at risk of further negative outcomes later in life. And we could do a pretty good job of that in that prediction. Okay, so was it the skills on the test that were problematic? Like, what were the signs? There's a variety of things. So the, the skills were one of the factors that we're, we're good at predicting, but lots of other things were as well. Um, you know, the teachers provide a lot of feedback of a lot of information on students at that age. And using that information uh, really, really helped us in, in predicting uh, who is going to have trouble later in school. Okay, so what kind of trouble then? And like, at what point does it start to show up? It starts, well, in grade four or younger, it starts to show up and it, it sort of accumulates throughout the school years, uh, the problems. And the key thing that we're pointing to, though, is that, that we can turn these pro- these problems around, that we have a real possibility of developing good programs to help children to overcome these these recognizable, early recognizable uh, risk factors. Okay, what kind of programs do we need to put in place then? Well, that's a good question. And the answer is we don't entirely know yet. And what we propose in in our work is that we develop a system for identifying good programs. One of the weird things is, is that good programs to help children are usually expensive, but expensive programs are frequently not very good. And so we need to sort through the programs that we're offering now and potential new programs to try to find the the small number of really good, successful programs 
among the large number of potentially good programs. You know, it, we like to think of it as, as similar to, this may sound unusual, but I, I come from the health sciences background, similar to, to drug trials. You know, we have a lot of candidate drugs that might be successful, might be able to help people. And we have a whole system of testing to figure out which ones are actually going to be helpful. And I think what we want to introduce is a similar system of testing for students because we are for these programs, I should say, because we have a bunch of programs. Some of them work, some of them don't. And we're not always sure which are the right ones to put forward. So so we're not actually advocating for any particular program. We're advocating for a, a system to figure out which are the good programs, which are the ones that work the best. Okay, so how important is this though, Dr. Sweetman? Like just having some of these programs at a younger age, what kind of a difference can that make? Well, they can make very large differences. There are some examples of good programs in Canada and in other countries that make very substantial differences to, to students later in life. Uh, they, they improve their quality of life and they're, they're pretty good for society as a whole in the sense that Investing in programs to help children can have really big payoffs for, for the government, for, for the rest of society later in life. So, like, are governments paying attention to this then? It sounds like a lot of work went into this, but you really want, I guess you want to see some results. Yeah, so I think governments are interested. That's why they did the BC Basic Income Panel. And now what we're trying to say is we have a lot of good information. We need to take the next step. And the next step is, you know, proposing some programs that we think are going to be good and then trying to sort out which ones really are good and which ones are worth investing in and which ones should be, you know, ignored or dropped. Is it hard sometimes, Dr. Sweetman, do you think, to convince people that, hey, listen, this investment now, because I think people sometimes think, well, this is going to cost more money, right? But this investment now will pay off with savings later? I think that's that's our whole thing is that we want to make investments that do pay off. And when we make good investments, we get really big payoffs. The problem is some people are in, in our society are distrustful because we know that a lot of programs don't work very well. And what we're advocating for is the need to sort through the programs to figure out which ones are trustworthy and which ones are less trustworthy. So that as a society, when we invest money in our children, we're investing in the right programs to help the children, not the wrong programs. Now, Dr. Sweetman, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Arthur Sweetman is a professor of economics at McMaster University. They took a look at you know, children's success in graduating from high school and how that one thing, they said that indicator will really determine kind of the cost of society later on, that if somebody doesn't graduate from high school, then their risk of experiencing things like poverty and homelessness and drug and alcohol abuse actually increase. So, Early intervention is the key, according to their report.